Good Show on Sports F59 of the Fan. Thanks for being here. I'm JD Bunkus. No Benny for the next couple of days. March break, whatever that means. Kids are five and three, but I guess it's March break. It's a huge deal in the uh, NS household. Leafs game day, Winnipeg Jets. I don't care. I'm sorry, I don't care. Uh, I'll care because I'll watch, but I don't care because I just need the playoffs to start. And I watched these last two games, and that's how I know is I, I, I can't criticize this team right now, and I can't feel overly optimistic about their successes too, right? I want to see the power play normalize just like everybody else. I want to see Nick Felino play, and I want to see where they play him. I want to see the team stay healthy, but is I'm sorry, are there people out there right now that are going to be living and dying with beating the Jets? Are we going to have any wide sweeping takeaways? Leafs are better than the Jets. Leafs are better than everybody. And that's why I want to talk to Steve Dangle today because I'm a guy who's afraid of a jinx. I'm a guy who's afraid of a curse. So I like to stay a little reserved. And I know that's probably not the word that you'd use to describe me or the word that would describe Steve Dangle of the Steve Dangle podcast. But I'm starting to feel frisky. Uh, <laughs> that deadline, the way the Leafs acted at the deadline and the way all these pieces are lining up, I'm just starting to feel like <sighs> it's a Stanley Cup or bust season and this might be the best Maple Leafs team in my lifetime. Uh, I wanted to discuss those things with someone who's been watching as long as I have. It's uh, Steve Dangle of the Steve Dangle Podcast. What's up, buddy? You're going to hate me for this segment. I'm going to put you in some tough spots. Are you ready for that? I, I already hate you, man. You're, you're talking yeah. real reckless yeah. for a guy who's like superstitious <laughs> and doesn't want to jinx it. And come on, J.D. <laughs> I I can't help it, man. I can't deny these feelings anymore. You know, I've been I've been sitting on them. I've been sending private texts out to my Montreal Canadiens fans, friends. I uh, I don't have any Jets fans. Do you know Jets fans? Uh, I do, actually. One of my okay. groomsmen uh, from Winnipeg, yeah. Okay, that's good. All right. I was going to say, because that's my the one thing lacking in my life, is that I don't have any animosity towards the Jets. I'm still happy for them for getting their team back. And their team was gone while I was in university, which and like when those early 2000s Leafs teams were happening, which is kind of my you know prime hockey time where I was living out west too and I lived in Ottawa so I really got ingrained with uh, a lot of fans from other teams like I know a lot of Senators fans I think I know every Senators fan because there's like 85 of them and I know each and every single one by name uh, if Felino and Spezza win together I get to stick it in their eyes even if they oh my don't do anything it's going to be beautiful you know to watch Jason Spezza potentially get a statue on Legends Row I'm going to be the one petitioning for it um, Calgary just falling apart and being completely irrelevant and having their team just quit. They just quit. This is just awful. Vancouver, the fact that their fans were so excited at the very beginning of the season and that everybody thought just because they made it into a lucky playoff win last year that they were going to be now the the kings of the north. Uh-uh. No, no. Uh-uh. Back down you go, Vancouver, where you normally belong, and that's with never winning. And... These other Canadian teams, the Habs, they're fine. They're a good team. They're on the they're on the up and up. I think that they're a little dangerous. They're okay. The Jets, same thing. They're good. They're okay. The Oilers, I I don't know how many Maple Leafs would have to be out of the lineup for me to be afraid of the Oilers right now. 
Leafs have to come out of this North Division. Like, it used to be you got to win a playoff round and that it's a baby steps proposition. But the more I'm thinking about this, man, the more I'm just, hey, this team doesn't need to win a round this year. This team doesn't need to come out of the North Division this year. This is now a Stanley Cup or bust season. And the way that they've been acting, the way that they acted at the deadline, the way that they're carrying themselves, the way that they play at their very best, the fact that you go through every single spot and there's really no hole in the roster, which I can't remember there being a time like that, even during the non-salary cap teams. I, I, I just, like I said, I can't, I can't fight these feelings anymore, Steve Dangle. I, just, I think it's a Stanley Cup or bust season. Do you agree? I a hundred percent agree. Like th- there was, there was a time during the 16, 17, you know, the kids, Matthews is a rookie. Marner's a rookie. It was all very exciting. And they had a playoff spot for like a couple of months. And then towards the end of the season, it looks like, Oh, oh you know what? They might drop out of it. But are you going to be disappointed because you didn't expect this team to make the playoffs? I'm going to be, and, 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 and I said, hell yeah, I'm going to be disappointed, man. Like they, they've been in a spot for a couple months. This leash team has been in first place since like what? Third week of January? Something like that. It was definitely before Valentine's Day. Give me that box of chocolates. Give me that ring. I want that Stanley Cup, buddy. Yeah. I guess that what I'm trying to decipher now is like I'm always disappointed if the Leafs don't win. So if it's just like, hey, are you going to be disappointed? I'm like, yeah, of course I'll be disappointed if they don't win a Stanley Cup. I just, the way that they have to be measuring themselves is a loss to a North Division team is a cataclysmic disaster of forever proportions. And that I basically, if they lose to a Canadian team, I got to go live in the woods. I have to sever myself from society. There's a movie. I, it's, I can't remember what it's called. It was famous. It was about like a guy raising his daughter in the woods, and he's completely off the grid. That's my life, where they're just trying to hunt me down, and I'm, I become basically a Sasquatch man because I just I can't, I cannot deal. i got to throw my phone in a creek and run away forever because I just have way too much on the line. But, yeah, I, I just can't envision a scenario where anybody should be favored over the Leafs right now. And I... I'll admit, I haven't watched as much out-of-market hockey this season. I haven't seen as much of the other teams. Part of that is a byproduct of them not playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of it is that I spent so much time watching the North Division. But I've been watching more lately. And I know it's kind of this weird part of the season. It's a weird juncture where teams are a little bit sleepy. There's no fans. It can be hard to judge when you're watching one-off games. But... I don't think there's a single team in the NHL better than the Leafs right now. Like, I genuinely believe that they are the most complete and talented team top to bottom in, in the NHL. No, you know what, J.D., let, let me help you out. Let me help you out here because cause you're, you're talking yourself through something here. And I don't yeah. think you understand what you're talking yourself through. But luckily, I've, I've been going to Blue and White Therapy there on the Sportsnet uh-huh. YouTube channel with Faisal yep. Kamisa. Thank you. And what you're talking yourself through is I think you're generally oh. a pretty nice guy. And, and you just want to make friends, and you just want people to like you. But here's the thing. No one's ever going to like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Outside of this fan base, no one is going to like this team, ever. I like it that No matter way. what. Yeah. Exa- yes. Embrace being the Death Star. Embrace being the bad guy. Hey, Rogue One, Darth Vader opens that door. Everybody cheered. Be the heel. It's better to be a good heel than trying to please everybody. Yeah. Uh, I just think about YouTube comments, which do you ever read YouTube comments? Do you just, it, it, do you have to fight it? Um, I've gotten better. I've, okay, I've definitely good. gotten better. It's taken a decade and a half. 
Yeah, <laughs> because I I still read them. You know, I'll so Drew, our our friend Drew, will throw mm. our highlights up on YouTube from time to time. And I go, I wonder how people are responding to this completely measured conversation that we asked him to put up. And it's mean. <laughs> and then I feel bad. And then I need to check out of the YouTube comments and I go, oh, wait, you're a YouTuber. You live on here. This is your... Because we complain about Twitter and the cesspool that Twitter can be. Well, I'll complain about... Sometimes I'll get... The weirdest ones for me is I'll get Instagram DMs from time to time where someone will write something that it clearly took them like half an hour to compose how much they hate me. I'm like, wow, oh, yeah. that's quite that's quite a thing. Uh, but YouTube is basically just people who don't even watch the video video or watch maybe for the first 30 seconds and then just make just wide sweeping judgments. I'm like, wow, this is an intense place to be. This is a very, very intense place to be. I mostly just come here to uh, watch different bands. I like do tiny desks or how to throw a disc golf shot better. But okay, I guess some of you come here to just rip on people to death. But you're right. I don't care about people hating the Leafs. I love seeing that. I, but the reason I brought that up is because everything you post, the people put like Leafsnet or this is only Leafs coverage or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know why? Because the Leafs are the best team and they have the most fans. So you want your organization to get more coverage? Well, they should be better. They should be a better team with better players and have done better. <laughs> like that's, that's the way in. You shouldn't be mad at the Toronto Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas for building the Death Star. It's fine. This is great. So I don't mind that at all. I, my just point is, is that I think that we have to talk ourselves into these discussions of, hey, the Jets are pretty good and Connor Hellebuck could get hot. Like, yeah, a goalie can always get hot. A good goalie can always get hot. Are the Jets on the same level as the Leafs? God, no. no. Imagine Nobody. the Jets traded a first-round pick for Felino right now. Their fan base would be losing their tops because they need first-round picks because they're not going to win a Stanley Cup this year. Same goes for the Habs. Hey, good for you. You got Eric Stahl. He's a great guy to have in the room. Where would Eric Stahl fit into the Leafs? He'd be a third-line center that plays, what, 12 minutes a game max? 12. Like, right. It's just a, it's a only, joke. There's a huge gap between this team and the rest. Only guy I want is John Merrill just for that picture. The, the mullet. Yeah. And and the mustache, he, like he looks like he's sponsored by Old Fashioned Pilsner. I, I absolutely yeah. love that guy, and it's going to be a shame when the Leafs stomp him in four games. Yeah, I I'm I'm thrilled for this Leafs team, and so that brings me to the step two of this conversation, which is. Is this the best Leafs team of our lifetime? And I and I'm going to preface it this way: I'm taking out the 1990s teams because we were babies. And I, I just think that the sports watching experience is, is very different. Um, like people talk about watching, like I, I've always make fun of John Tavares because he references where he was in 1993, right? Where he'll be like, my first sports memory is 93 and the disappointment of the Leafs losing in the playoffs. And I go, John, you're, you're 30 years old. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's a liar, you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. you're such I'm a liar. I'm older and I barely remember. Dude. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Is Do you know what I remember about that straight up? I remember my dad being angry. And so I was angry too because I was just, you know, with him in the anger. But I wasn't even really – I was just being angry for my dad. I was reflecting his emotion at the time. But again, I think I was six years old. So it's it, it's – it's a lost memory for me. It's not really there. To me, hockey started in the 2000s. I'm just going to say, like, that's when hockey really started for me. Pat Quinn teams, Matt Sundin teams. This is when hockey became relevant for me. And the height of the height was 2001, 2002. 
where they lose to the Hurricanes. And that it's just the most disappointment you could ever feel because they had Curtis Joseph, they had the stacked team, they loaded up, and they lost to a group that really um, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have lost to. I think the Leafs are way better than that team. Like, you look through that team, it's like, that was a Cujo team. That was Sundin. That was Tucker. But let, do you know, want me to read you the regular season points leaders for that group? Do you want to guess what, how many points Sundin yep. had that year? Uh, in 2002, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 86. He had 80 points. Okay. So he was nearly an 80. He was nearly a point a game player, which is basically his career, right? 80 points after Matt Sundin, the second leading scorer on the team was, well, it would have been Alexander McGillney, but he was hurt a lot, but it's Darcy Tucker. Would you like to guess Darcy Tucker's point total? Ooh, no offense, Darcy. Um, I'm going to say 55. Very good. Very close. 59. So then it goes 59, 57, 52. So this is a good team, right? You go down the lineup and it's a fine team, but it's not, it's, there are guys who are better at the time. And this is always happens historically. When you look back on certain players, you evaluate their entire careers and you say like, oh, wow. You know, that wasn't quite the Shane Corson on that team or, you know, Jonas Hoagland was probably a little bit overrated and, you know, Renberg was at the tail end of his career, but those guys were really good at the time. That was a really, really good team. But that a hundred point season where they went that deep, uh, that's not as good as this team this year. There's just not no. nearly as much talent. The following season is actually to me, the, the team that you debate because the following season is the team where you look at it and say, oh, okay, that's when you got Owen Nolan, and that's when you said, okay, we're going to push this thing all into the middle. This is where it's going to be the ultimate Leafs team. Ed Belfour is in net, though, not Curtis Joseph, which takes a, a pretty big chunk out of that. I, I don't think that that team's better either. Like, I, I don't think that any of these early 2000s teams that I have glorified were better than what the iteration is right now. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, I, I 100% disagree, and I and I think kind of at the at the center of all of it, like God bless Matt Sundin and his mm-hmm. Hockey Hall of Fame have himself. Austin Matthews is he's the best Toronto Maple Leafs to ever play. I'm sorry, yeah. and like yeah, in terms true. of individual uh, seasons or uh, I guess mm-hmm. single seasons, to me, I know you don't want to go back this far, but Doug Gilmore in 1993 is probably the yep. best individual season any Leaf has ever had. Yep. Selkie runner up for the Heart, 127 points. Matthews <laughs> flirting with like he might actually score forty goals in a fifty-six game season where he's only going to play like what fifty or like barely over fifty because he got hurt. He had a wrist injury, scored like three, four, five goals with the wrist injury <laughs> after missing time. He's absolutely ridiculous, and he's probably not even going to lead the team in points because it's Mitch Marner absolutely snapping and going uh, completely ridiculous with another one of the best individual season paces uh, of all time. TJ Brody is one of the most underrated free agent signings I think this team has ever made. Um, They're getting some goaltending. Their defense is better than it's been in years. Uh, You can count on them outscoring their opponent basically every night, unless they have a man advantage for some (laughs) bizarre witchcraft reason. It's mm-hmm. yes, this is definitely the best regular season team we've ever watched. Yeah. I think oh three, oh four, um, they were about as talented as you could be. Oh two, oh three, same thing. Oh oh one, oh two, they made it to the conference finals. But uh, to me, if you take 
like the team itself was not as good as the the next two years. It's just that Curtis Joseph was in his prime of primes, and that counts, right? Where you feel like maybe you had the second best goaltender in the NHL at the time. So that's something. But I really do feel like Toronto has the best duo of guys if they're both healthy. I don't trust Carey Price against the Leafs as much as I trust what the Leafs can have in that. Hellebuck is clearly the best goaltender in the division, but I really do feel like right now Toronto has just this complete team where they've got the most depth on the blue line, they've got the most balanced blue line, and they've got the most talented group of forwards that just it can't be rivaled all the way through. Like Winnipeg is the closest one, but again, I just still feel like Toronto's top-end talent is that much higher. When you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, I, I just think that the gap between those two guys and what Winnipeg has, it's, it's still significant in a postseason series. And it wasn't that way for those early 2000s Toronto Maple Leafs teams, right? Like You're right, Gilmore in 93 is the most talented guy they had. Everybody loved the players on those Leafs teams and thought, hey, I love Matt Sundin. He's always going to be my favorite Maple Leaf because he's just the guy that I grew up with. But yeah, the, the talent is not the same. The ability to dominate a game is not the same between he and and the star power that's with this group. So, I, and Vegas would agree with me. You know what the Leafs are right now to win a Stanley Cup? Well, Vegas loves just stealing Toronto's money. Hit, hit me, J.D. So on cool bet right now, Leafs are plus 600. They started the season plus 1,400. They're pretty confident that they're going to be one of the better teams. And, and I know that you can't really compare them to others because you're right. People are going to bet the Leafs more than they're going to bet Tampa Bay. They're going to bet them more than they bet the Florida Panthers by a, a significant margin. But this is the best Stanley Cup odds the Leafs have had um, since the early 2000s. That, since the 2001 Stanley Cup playoffs – where they were actually in the Eastern Conference Finals facing a team they were favored in, that's that's the way that Vegas evaluates them right now. So they, they would say the same thing. And I, I just I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. I just wish I had a fast-forward button to see what's going to happen here because, yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm starting to feel confidence as a fan. I'm starting to feel hope as a fan. I am just feeling belief that that they're not cursed. If they lose this year, if that happens again, woods, 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 but it's... I think people should come to grips. I think people should come to grips with this, that this is the best team. This is the best chance that they have to win. And it's why making moves like Felino, and if you're complaining about a first-round pick, it's like you haven't been a fan of the team long enough then. That's the only explanation I have. First-round pick. I've never even met that guy. Yeah. How many goals has he scored for Leafs? Dude, I, I don't care. They, they picked yeah. 12 guys in the draft last year. <laughs> They're obviously able to attract free agents now. Half of their core is still under 25. I think people, like, every year I have to remind myself of that. Oh, wait a sec. Matthews and Martin aren't old men. They're going to be doing this for a while. Yeah, forget forget the first-round pick. If I could, I would drive it to the airport. But I'm afraid of the airport right now, and also the first-round pick is not a person. So yeah, and that. I, I, dude, and I felt the same thing when they traded for Felino. I thought, I wonder what is going back. But it, it always seemed like it was going to be a first-round pick. And when it went that way, I thought, that's absolutely fine. And people kind of were upset that Taylor Hall went for less. I've already explained on the show that I think if Taylor Hall came north, it would have been for the same price as Felino or something very, very similar, maybe even more to make the money work, and that they needed to address other areas. It just made more sense. But the fact that they went through this deadline, that they seemed this loaded, where they've got this top six and then a couple of really good depth wingers, that they've got Jason Spezza, that they've got this blue line, and that they've got the potential of this goaltending, which continues to be kind of the one asterisky part, that the room seems to love each other. 
Yeah, you do. A, that's what winning teams do in their primes is, is they go out and they use their first round picks at times like this. And I, I just I really do believe that this is kind of the point. This is going to be the breakthrough where everything works out. Do you agree that this is kind of my other take is that this Stanley Cup would actually be worth two because you would get the North Division title and then you would also get the Stanley Cup like you would get the fact that you get to beat up on the Canadian teams and definitively have been the best Canadian team that year and nobody gets to debate anything like Leaf fans undercut. Habs fans for 93 sometimes, right? Where they say, well, it's because you got lucky they didn't have to face the Leafs and what a great Stanley Cup that would have been. There's no, like, what-ifs or what-could-have-beens with the North Division. No, folks, this this is why you got to get on the phone and call your friends because had you not said that to me, that this Stanley Cup is actually worth two, I didn't realize we were doing a conversion rate. I never would have thought about it that way. But, no, you're absolutely right. I get to rub this in everyone's face. It's not yeah. just... Because everyone's in this race to be the first Canadian team to win it since forever, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to clearly be the front runner after the second round and still have two more rounds to play, and the entire country has to watch, oh, yeah, baby, give me that. Give me that. That's hilarious. I'm going to rub it in everybody's face. And again, folks, embrace the heel roll. No one's going to magically turn over and find the Leafs cute. <laughs> They're they're this mean team. They've actually kind of been beaten up on people this year. They got a bit of an attitude, and most importantly, they're winning everything. Embrace the hate. Yeah, and they're adding a guy who I, I looked it up the other day. Felino had before he hit the COVID uh, layover list or whatever this is, his quarantine list. He had, I believe, 109 hits. The Leafs' leader in hits was Jake Muzzin with 69. Hyman had 65 at the time of the trade. They're going to be so much more hateable with Nick Foligno in their lineup. He is going to be someone who really pisses off other fan bases, who finishes checks, who does all the gritty things in dirty areas and plays good, responsible hockey and is on both special teams units. It's going to be great. Where, where do you, before you go, where, where do you hope to see him play? Because I, this is one where I feel like there's really no wrong answers about how the Leafs break down their team. Uh, Dubas said it at the media conference about how Galchenyuk has kind of changed the way that they're looking at this group right now. I still think you put him in the top six with the Varas, but do, do you give that to him right away? Do you ease him in on the third line? How, how do you use Felino? I think you probably start him uh, down lower on the third line or whatever. There's it's, it's out of respect for Zach Hyman because like clearly the best configuration of the top line includes him, right? Mm-hmm. But just seeing what he did with that third line, oh, I was really impressed with it. I really thought it was good and like I'm even, I'm even interested in the possibility of Hyman and Foligno being on the same line. Like, I just want it to be wave after wave after wave. And this is part of what, like, getting Nick Foligno does. There's no break, really, is there? Riley's not afraid to hit you. Muzzin, Bogosian, Simmons. Now you got Foligno in there. Hyman is a dog on a bone. And there's others. Like, it's, it's not a fun time playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's not really going to hit you. But, guys, you can see it. In their face, they hate being out there with Elian Mikheyev. They can't catch him. He's an exhausting time. It's like trying to catch a toddler, except he's huge. 
uh, something that you now have a lot of experience with. And yeah, no, I, I, I still believe that if Mikheyev had 10% better finishing, 15% better finishing, that he's an NHL all-star. Like, they're not even going out and getting anything at the deadline because his top six is just locked in. We're just debating him versus Hyman. That's the way that we're doing it. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just like, I'm not embracing the fear. I'm living in the moment. Normally, I'm a nervous Nelly Leafs fan. Normally, I'm someone who feels like they need every break. I don't think that they need those, those every breaks. And yeah, you can save this audio. You can rub it in my face. It won't matter because, again, I'll be in the woods. Uh, Steve Dangle, thanks for making time for me today, buddy. It's always fun. Thanks for having me. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs. See you, buddy. Yeah, I just... I know. A lot of you are probably pissed. A lot of you are like me. Curse segment. You cursed it. You cursed it. You cursed it. That's fine. I'm willing to take that. But I just have to speak the truth. And that's the Leafs are the best team in the North Division. And if they lose, it's a disaster. They're not close to the Jets. They're not close to the Oilers. They're not close to the Habs. They're better. They're way better. They're way better than those teams. And they've already gone through it with these hiccups in the playoffs before. Right? Like, this has already happened. There's more urgency to the group. There's more leadership with the group. There's a better blue line. Goaltending is still the thing, for sure. Freddie Anderson comes back and he gets ice. I don't know how I feel about it right now. It's such a wild card. Jack Campbell's played great. Still don't know how I feel about it in the playoffs. Especially since the leg, I don't know, it seems better lately, but is it to convince it's all the way back? Hmm. It's the biggest sore spot, but at its highest, it looks just about as good as anything. Feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Good show on Sports Hip Hop Night of the Fan. I'm JD Bunkus. Today should be Friday. It should just be Friday. This feels like Friday. I woke up this morning, I texted my producer, hey, it's Friday. This is not Friday. But it feels like Friday because I get to talk to my buddy, Colby Armstrong. He's on the line right now. What's up, bud? What's going on, JD? How you doing, man? You riding solo today? Yeah, solo. Um, no dead weight. Where's Ben? You know, feels good. Feels yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is he? He's What's he doing? He's liberating. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's at home doing nothing. Dude, we're in a lockdown. You can't do anything. We got more vaccine delays today. It's just brutal. Oh, it's just, my ugh, God. Every day. But Ben, Ben, who, so this is a guy who will call me. I don't even care. I'll sue him. He'll call me. Oh, I'll just, you know. Uh, my family, they're driving me nuts. Just, you know, I'm always in here with the family and we don't, I got to <laughs> find more activities to do. And then he goes, well, I got to take March break. And I'm like, why? First of all, your kids aren't in school. They're not in school. Every day is March break for you. And then the second part is there's nothing for you to do. <laughs> I have all these vacation days that are loaded up and that the company keeps going, hey, you got to take your vacation days. You got to take your vacation days. You got two men. I'm like, why, why am I going to use vacation days for? I, at least when I'm working, I have something to look forward to, a way to break up the day. There's nothing else. I can. All, I watch sports. That's great. You know what else I'm doing? Maybe a workout. There's nothing else, buddy. There's nothing else yeah. They're to like do. They're like trying to make you take your holidays so you, like, you can become a full-blown yeah. alcoholic. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like I stare, yeah. I stare at the like, bar cart every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go, wow, what cocktail should I learn how to make by myself in my apartment? Such a fun, sexy time doing this. Oh. I, uh, well, I, sent you I can say this. Yesterday. I can report this, oh. JD. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. I can report yeah, yeah. this, that we're like, 
like here in Pittsburgh, we're like getting pretty open. Like it's been, it's been pretty good. Like we're still have restrictions and mask wearing and everything, of course. But like I went to pirates opening day last week, which was really cool. It was like, I was in the ballpark and their ballpark, first of all, is amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, it's just like, it was just so nice to be there see fans in the stands and I, I know it just sounds like so far away right now but like you know that's what's going on and I went to the Frozen Four NCAA hockey championship games here in Pittsburgh I went to those games too so it's kind of cool and I'm not saying this to rub it in but just to say like it's it's like another world here almost comparatively I'm so upset. are you there <laughs> no, I cry. <laughs> man I, so I was watching the I Jays Yankees game it. Dude, I was watching the Jays-Yankees game yesterday, and there was a real moment where I got so jealous of the fans that were there that, like, I I I needed a moment. Like, I had to walk away from the TV because I love going to baseball games. Like, it's one of my favorite things to do in the summer because you get to go watch sports, you get to have a beer, you get to have conversations with friends, yeah. you get to be out in the sunshine. It's just easy, you know, like it's all ages. Toronto is such a – the thing I miss about Toronto so much is that it really is this badass city where you meet people from all kinds of different walks of life. There's a buzz to yeah. it, you know. You go to the ballpark and in 2015, 16 especially, where it was just like a loaded building in those summer nights where, you know, you're kind of sweating – through your shorts and you're a little uncomfortable because the seats don't point the right way and it's plastic yeah. or whatever. It's just like, I miss that plastic. I miss that sweaty butt crack feel of the summer <laughs> nights where you're just crushing Bud Lights and you feel like you're going to go get two tall cans and by this time you finish the second one, it's just so warm and you go, why can't I just have enough to get up and go get a cold one whenever I want? Why do I need to buy two? I just miss those feelings. I've been, I'm not even joking, I've been asking friends whether I can find someone who will move down to Dunedin with me. The problem is, is that I'm not in my <laughs> 20s anymore and all my friends have families and they're like, yeah, man, I can't move to Dunedin with you for two weeks or a month or whatever you want to do. But I really am considering this. Like, I'm very much considering moving to Dunedin for a month and just oh, leaving you'd Toronto. Totally, you'd be in a totally other world com- Dude, like, compared to what you're living. I just but- need it. I need to I have those my... things you're talking about. I miss them so much, and oh, I, know, I know, blah, blah, nobody's supposed to complain about anything right now, but I can't take this. Like, I, this is so <laughs> not me. I am a guy who goes out all the time, and so yeah. this has just been – yeah, anyway, I'm not, I don't want to complain. I just – I miss the ballpark. I miss my stuff, and I want to do my things, and when I see America, this is just so much karma. Canadians, this is what we do, right? We compare ourselves to America. We go – Oh, we're we're better than America. We're so much better than the states. Oh my God! Can you imagine living in the United States right now? <laughs> no, yeah. I could not imagine living in the United States right now. And then, oh, eh, eh, look at them. Look at our healthcare system versus their healthcare system. Oh my God! Thank God we live here. Thank God we live here. Someone wrote an article the other day that said Canada's the best country in the world. And listen, there's nowhere I'd rather be. You're a Canadian. I love Canada, man. There's a lot about this country that is yeah, great. I love but the Canada. way that it's being run right now, holy hell! This is just uh, 
Yeah, it's really it's a lot harder to deal with when you're looking at your neighbor. They say don't look at your neighbor's yard, don't compare. But it's really hard when you live in a shack and your neighbor is just living in a mansion, partying every night with supermodels, and you're just there with your can of beans and you don't even have a can opener and you're banging it against the floor to try to open it up. That's how I feel like we're living right now. It sucks, and it's all because, well, partially anyways, is because when the states was like not masking up and that you guys didn't have policies for the vac or for COVID or whatever. And I was going on radio shows and people would say, wow, Canada, you know, we're so not like Canada where you can't get people on board and Canada played all high and mighty. Then it's like, okay, well, what about now? What about now where we got nothing where, you know, my mom who's a senior still doesn't have a vaccine. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's just brutal. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this, Whoa, that this was, went uh, way off the tracks. You needed that. You needed that, yeah, buddy. There you I go. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you did it, though. You're like, hey, I don't want to brag, know. but I'm at the ballpark. I'm at the Frozen well, Four. Do you know what I would do to go to the Frozen Four right now? I, I'm, I'm, I would be like Ronnie Lott, where they go, hey, we got to take your pinky. I'd be like, yeah, no doubt. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say it mostly as like something to look forward to eventually, like this will start to yeah. happen, you know? Yeah, eventually when um, I move to Dunedin. You want to move to Dunedin with me, bud? Yeah, I need it, Dunedin, buddy. I really just I need somebody. I miss somebody. my trips to Toronto. I, I oh, honestly yeah. do. Like staying I in my hotel for a couple too. days, mm-hmm. coming into work, seeing everyone mm-hmm. at the shop, walking mm-hmm. to work downtown. Yeah, I mean, path, walking down to the studio, working the path, yeah. grinding with the like fellow like citizens of Toronto. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, grabbing yeah. a little food down in the path, yeah. just scurrying yeah. around like rats under there. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was your regular Joe time. That's where you got to feel like you're yep. a man of the people. Cause never forget yep. when I took the subway with you and you just stood in front of that guy with you and like dropped the money and just call me. You're just waiting for me. He's just staring back at you. You got your money <laughs> yeah. in your hand. I'm like, Oh, right. This guy's an NHL player. Why would he have ever taken the subway before? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just stand here, stare at the guy for five minutes while I yell at you, drop the money in, drop the money in. Yeah, that was good. How do I get so, through yeah. this turny door thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help that we also were a couple beers deep. So that was probably a little yeah. bit more complicated. But yeah, uh, yeah. so <sighs> Freddie Anderson's on the ice. Back on the rails here, JD. Yeah, that's Come what I'm on. doing. I'm getting back on the rails here. I'm moving to Dunedin. <laughs> And I'll, I'll do it alone if I have to, for God's sakes. If nobody's coming with me, then I'm just going alone. So Freddie Anderson's on the ice, and I got a lot of stuff I want to hit on with you today. I saw that. He's on the ice. Matthews is off. We don't know what the Matthews deal is, but he's out tonight. So that's kind of spooky because, yeah, you know, that's what happened with Nylander. And you're just hoping that it's not a COVID thing. You're hoping it's not something that takes him off the ice for too long, whatever. But how do they deal with the Anderson thing, man? Because I know you're a Freddie fan and we can all acknowledge that Jack Campbell's played great. Might even be his net right now moving forward permanently or whatever. But I just can't imagine him having to come back. The team has this winning streak before the Calgary game the other night with Jack Campbell, where they're feeling really tight with him. The team is starting to coalesce. You keep hearing guys like Joe Thornton talk about the room. It's something that you hit on before the season about how different it was going to be, the vibe around the team because of guys like Jumbo and Simmons. And it's 100% true. And I thought about how when that Amazon doc comes out, I think it's going to change the way people look at hockey because I I think you're going to see real friendship with this Leafs team and the way that it impacts the on-ice product. But Freddie Anderson just right now, it... 
it feels like he's the odd man out. You've got your organization where they're just kind of like putting it all on him, saying, hey, it's about how he feels and when he's comfortable and getting him right and getting him healthy. And everybody loves Campbell. They trade for a goalie. It, it just... I don't even know where to start with whose responsibility it is outside of Freddie Anderson to try to still make him feel like a part of this team. Yeah, it was like it's been like the perfect storm, like against Freddie right now, right? Right. You know, obviously he's he's nursing something. He wants to be healthy, and then Campbell just goes on a ripper and sets an NHL record. I mean, uh, like how do you how do you top that really for for scenarios? And and I think when things are going you know, good as well. There's just like that vibe around it. And I think, you know, Freddie's on the outside of that looking in as he's, he's not a part of it. He's just not a part of it right now. So I think it's easy to, you know, kind of, you know, take that storyline or narrative because that's truly what it is, but things can change fast, man. Like things can change fast and they're going to need Freddie. Like I'm still like a a Freddie guy. I think Freddie is, you know, a guy that can, obviously you know run with a ton of games uh in a row and, and carry the load and he's a starting goaltender and and he's a guy that can win you games and be great in those moments like we've seen that before i think it's just a matter of like they're going to need him regardless of what's happening right now and trading for a goalie and <clears throat> whatever you think of jack campbell like they're going to need freddie they're going to need his game they're going to need the way what he can do um and that's just a reality so it's it was it was you know good to see him on the ice and, and progressing this today and um, you know, where he's at, we don't know. And where he's at in his, you know, um, rehab and coming back and, and what those steps are going to take and how long, we don't know. But um, I, I still think they're going to need him. But, yeah, on the Matthews thing, too, like I did the, the Flames game the other night against the Flames, and, like, he just didn't look like Matthews, you know, like we've seen all year. He's, he was pretty quiet in that game, like pretty um, not not what we're – what we've been used to seeing all season. So it's kind of interesting to see that he's, and I mean, maybe he's got nursing something too. I imagine everybody kind of is at this point right now, but um, you know, if you can, I mean, you could look at it one way or you could look at it another way. And uh, I think right now at this point, you just kind of look at it possibly as maybe if he is banged up a bit, getting some rest, right? Like, a, like rest isn't going to be bad. And will we see more of that down the stretch here with these teams, especially with the schedule that these guys are, are riding and, um, you know, getting some of your big boys that have, you know, carried the mail big time this year. And with the, you know, extra schedule and games, are they going to start, I guess, what is it? Uh, load management. Uh, is that going to be something that kind of creeps in this year? Dude, I, it has to be, I, I gotta, it's so weird. Hockey's so weird like this because guys love Ironman streaks and yeah. that, they matter because they're badass, right? And showing that you can be in the lineup every night, that you're available, that's a really cool thing. But hockey's behind the times and all the other sports. Like, think about how I always laugh about baseball because they always say, oh, we got to get a guy off his feet for a day. I'm like, do you even watch baseball? They're standing for the vast majority of the game. They got to stand for basically an hour and a half out in the field, and then they got to sit in a dugout and chew seeds and chewing tobacco and have a water. You know, it's just, it's not exactly super labor intensive when you compare it to hockey. And there are these guys, and I know that this season is whatever, 54 games, so it's less than a normal year. But you look at the way that the schedule is and the condensed nature of it, and where some weeks it feels like the team plays four times in a week, and it's just a lot. And I hope, anyways, that. 
there are some things about the game that I I don't like the way the direction is going. But one way where it is has to be a little bit more modern, in my opinion, is when you get down these stretch runs at the end of the season that guys do find time and they know that it's not just like a sign of weakness where you need a night off, that you're actually going to be helping your team in the long run. I, I want to see... Austin Matthews fully healthy come playoffs on. I want to see if Joe Thornton's going to get in the lineup that he's rested and he yeah. looks fresh. I want to see the same thing with Spezza that if you got to bump him up from 10, 11 minutes to 12, 13 minutes that he can handle that comfortably. I even think so the Felino quarantine thing being seven days, he's probably going to be a little rusty when he steps on the ice. He's probably not going to like it. And if you asked him, Hey, would you like to be working out and doing your stuff right now? He'd be like, yes, absolutely. I want to skate. But for a guy who is one of the like toughest players in the NHL, who's grinding every single night on the forecheck, you can't tell me that seven days in a hotel laid up away from his family where he gets to sleep and get some <laughs> meals in, like that he's not going to come back feeling a little better. It's not all bad, you know? Like, rest is good. Yeah, well, you know what they say, rest is a weapon, J.D. That's what they say, rest is, is a say? weapon. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah, Did they yeah, say they that? Do. They probably didn't say that to you very much, though, hey? Or did you say that no. to the coaches? Yes. No, they're, they're like, run through that wall. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> How many times? Yeah, rest is a weapon. Oh, <laughs> see, it sounds weapon, seems... But that's interesting you brought up, like, um, Jumbo Joe, Simmons. Yeah, some of the veteran guys that, have, you know, have a lot of miles mm-hmm. on the odometer that uh, – you know, you might see some of that down the stretch here. And and I, I think we are, do see it in hockey at times, but it's like the last game of the season or the second last two games of the season you might see, you know, for example, like a Sidney Crosby, you know, not play. Um, but it's it's never like throughout the year where you just say, ah, you're going to we're going to give you the night off here like like they would a starting goaltender and run the backup in this game. And, you know, it's kind of balanced. They kind of looked ahead to the schedule uh, where we don't see that in hockey, I think generally day-to-day so um yeah you're right you're right and if there's a year to do it if there's a year to start you know really looking at that i think this is the year just because of what you mentioned with the schedule and um condensed season and um you know and and what we're seeing with the standings right now as well right like you know like the leafs have a pretty in a pretty good position and yeah they're totally fine so definitely something to think about with it and I think definitely something to be cautious about with whatever's you know with whatever's up with Austin, just to make sure. I think that's the right thing to do, and if you know you get some rest, and then yeah, Felino. Can you imagine being the Canucks right now? Like they, what have they been off? Twenty four days, twenty four days, and they're going to play on Friday. I mean, you know, you hear what JT Miller had to say. <laughs> like that's a long time to like get one practice at a pregame skate and play against. Uh, I think you know Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid flying out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's you know you know rest is a weapon but it comes to a point where it's a little much no i i feel for those canucks guys i really do i i yeah i ideal world those guys can pack up their bags or whatever and or they bring up more kids from a farm system i don't even know what the solution is that they give guys more of an option to not be in the lineup it's just they like they got to get the season in guys and you know that yeah. there's a lot of money at stake here and yeah it's just it's kind of hard i i hear jt miller and i'm i really 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 i know i'm going to get hammered for this but i know he's just sticking up for his team and i know he's just speaking yeah. his mind and he's talking about his circumstances it's just tough when we're in a country right now where essential workers don't get paid sick leave and you got to go back yeah. and you know play a hockey game and still get paid millions and you're moving the mechanism forward for like the huge amount of cash infusion that's coming in. I'm like, 
Yeah, man, I know, but you're almost there. So you're going to lose games. You guys are out of the playoffs anyways. I, I know that it's yeah. like a leadership thing. It's hard. It's hard to criticize. It's just I'm sorry, JT Miller. Like, I just don't have the bleeps to give you right now. You know, like just they yeah. lose. Who cares? Well, the yeah. I wonder what the solution will be if they get like just because of, you know, the, the amount of time off, if they get like a, mm-hmm. you know, a two day mini training camp type of thing to kind of get their feet under them again. They like they if I put myself in his game. shoes, I know, I know there's like the big picture scenario of like, what is going on? Like what is real? These guys were sick. These guys were battling some worse than others. Um, and to be, you know, have to do that. But then I put myself in their shoes and I'm like, even in like regular time, when you show up to training camp and you you're mm-hmm. trained and you're like, optimal peak performance and you start getting on the ice and then you start getting in scrimmages and then you start getting exhibition games. Like every step of that way is just like, you know, a lung burner or a leg burner. And it's like getting that going again. And you know, they, they've, they're, they're like the opposite of that right now when you're sitting out that long. So I understand like the fear, I think in, totally. in a player to go, Whoa, I got to get on this stage and like, I'm not ready. Like that's the biggest fear. Like you're not going to be ready. Um, so I, I, I totally see where he's, where he's coming from with right. that. But, uh, I understand obviously with the league, right? Like, like you got games to get in, man, like time is ticking. We got playoffs. Right. Like we got to get these done. We got teams that, you know, are in the fight or in the playoffs. Like they're supposed to play the Oilers coming up. Like this is a playoff team right now. Like mm-hmm. what are we going to do with these guys? How's this going to work? How are we going to balance this again and, and rotate everything around and make up these games? So, yeah, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at play. And then there's just regular human worry as well, I think. So, sure. yeah, it's just a tough scenario to yeah. to get around. But, I, I, I mean, I got to give everyone credit, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine playing because as much as, like, you know, creatures of habit, we hear this athletes, um, you know, routine and everything. And, you know, they this with this season, I can't imagine what some of the guys are going through because it's it's just like day-to-day unknowns and then switching things up and then you're getting tested every day too like that's become part of your routine your routine has completely been it's a grind it's a grind and it's and you have to be totally flexible with what's thrown at you some guys might be at morning skate and then something might happen then they might not be playing and the new guys are in and you're playing with different guys so it's uh yeah it's it's i give the guys a lot of credit and coaching staffs and, and everybody for you know, the grind that they've been through and, and how flexible they've had to be just with like preparation and everything throughout the season. Totally, man. And I like it when players speak out and say how they're feeling. I think there should be more yep. of it. And I'm really not advocating for, you know, TJ or JT Miller to be quiet. Like, good, man. Say how you feel. And it's a fair thought. And you're probably going through yeah. a lot. You're worried. You're coming off of a sickness. It's unfair. Like, a lot of this is unfair, but it's just. To me, there's two things. One is, buddy, that's just the world we're living in right now. Like, it's not fair. And you know what? You're making, I think he gets paid something like six, maybe four and a half. Like, somewhere, like, he's making good cash, man. Like, I think his average salary yeah. is over five million bucks a year. So, it's like, okay, dude, you got to go out and play, like, like 15, 17 more hockey games here. You, you just got to battle through it. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. But it's a, still a pretty advantageous situation. And, like, you are still getting the testing. And, like, the things that are probably annoying you, other people would be killing for right now. So just having that little bit of perspective yeah. of, hey, you know, this is not really the time or the place when the country's in a bit of a crisis and people are questioning yeah. why there was even hockey games in the first place to be like, hey, it's not really fair and whatever. It's not – we're not ready. Like, yeah, I know. Nobody. 
nobody's ready. <laughs> like nobody's ready. Nobody yeah. wants to go. It's like me. It's stuff. like me yeah. trying to work with my, you know, sketchy internet at my house. And I'm like, I'm in a panic at my house. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, everyone's doing yeah. it right now. And like things right. are working good. You can't control it. But it's like at least, you know, I guess in your head, it's like you got to just, you know, just set it aside and be like, it's out of my control. Kind of like if yeah. I suck, you know? <laughs> right. That's it though, too. It's like, dude, you guys aren't in a playoff chase right now. Like you're going to yeah. the bottom. Your team stinks. You guys had all these opportunities during the year. You weren't very good, and so you're done. You're out of it. Like, what do you want to do? You want to forfeit? Well, you can't do that. Then give some yeah. money back. You know, pay Let for these forfeits. What? On another angle, on another angle, who do you think uh, – what what was the best trade the other day, like, or in the last few days leading up? Like, what did you like? Do you, do you like, is the Leafs the – Leafs, yeah. the Leafs made so, the biggest impact? I liked I liked two trades – both for completely different reasons. I actually like the Hall trade for Boston just because I think it's kind of the right guy for Boston at a good price. It's it's just a lottery ticket for a team that's been a little underwhelming this year. It's fine. I really didn't get the Capitals move. Um, I thought that was a big-time overpay for Manta, but I haven't been watching any Red Wings games for basically two years, so maybe he's amazing. But it just... <laughs> that, was, that, was, that seemed like, I like a lot. I, honestly, I, honestly, I like Vrana. I, like, I think Vrana's yeah, really same. good. That's why do, it was surprising. I do, but I do... I'm saying this. I do like Manta. Like, I'm excited yeah. about what Manta could be in Washington. Yeah. Like he's huge. He's got hands. He's he can score. Like right. he's he's a presence on the ice. Chart when he's boys going love him. A, the chart I boys are they freak out for him. I I think he just gets a little bit uh, like he hasn't been highly he's highly motivated, right? Like yeah. he's good one game and then he's just like you know sleepy, sleepy. So you know you put him in a different situation and you get put him with stars and. You got to motivate. I mean, goal and assist his first game. He could be a he could be a big impact with what he has, and then he has term on his contract too. So, yep. I, I actually I like that. That one's like kind of curious to me to see how he pans sure. out there. And obviously, like getting Verana is good for Detroit, but like they're so like when's that going to work out that you got him and your team is actually good around him too? It's right. going to be some time. So, um, interested to see the Mantha thing. But yeah, the Leafs like Dubis went to work, didn't he? Dubis had like the most pressure, mm-hmm. I think. <clears throat> to make something happen and then like with the way his team is playing the way you know certain players progressed as well like Austin Matthews just an absolute weapon this year and like you know to surround him with like some veteran sandpaper and then go get some more guys for certain roles and certain look and like depth and you know shore some things up I, I mean he, he he's he's put the chips in he's he's going saying hey we're ready let's go for it so I think like you know Leafs Nation but I think he's pretty excited dude the only people that weren't excited, I figure you're a Leaf fan for the last 10 minutes. Like, no offense, and that's fine. I don't care about bandwagon fans. Like, I just totally fine, and I don't care about younger fans. Like, that's great. You love the team. You're passionate about the team. That's fine. If you were upset about Felino, like, there were some people who were like, first-round pick, that's too much. They're picking 30th. Like, who cares? Yeah. This team hasn't been out of the playoffs since I was a high school student, and I'm 100 years old now, so uh, that's a problem. <laughs> like, they're the, got the yeah. most fans on the well, planet. Like, how long can you hoard picks yeah, and, like, make all these I moves know. before, like, your team is what it is, and you can use those all the stuff to, to like, go – like, look, like, for example, I'm in Pittsburgh. Like, they haven't picked in the first round, like – since Cappy, then they traded Cappy away. Now they got Cappy back, and it's like they don't they they haven't been in the business of drafting for. They have Crosby, Malkin, like they've had all these guys. Like when you need all these firsts, I guess it's just like like let's win. Like we're ready to win. Let's keep trying to win, and that's what they've done. And I think the Leafs are in that right now with the core group they have, and I mean, pretty darn good core group of guys. So, dude, 
and and That's why and why I got kind of frustrated with and I always do this where I, I get sucked into the way some people are doing it online and I get mad and I actually don't really care about analytics. Like I'm sure like a lot of them are helpful. I think a lot of them are really overstated, just like a lot of stuff that I say is overstated. But the <laughs> idea that Nick Felino is not more useful in a playoff series than Taylor Hall to me is mind boggling. Like the the Leafs need this guy hits everything. I just can't wait for Leaf fans to watch Felino and realize like, oh my God, this guy is like Hyman, except for he hits more guys, and he's just going to battle around the net. And when he scores, his teammates are going to lose their freaking minds because he's a beloved guy. There's a track record of, like, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and these guys, like, looking for father figures where they love the old dudes who are uh, really great guys. <laughs> and Felino is, like, a Hall of Fame good guy. Every person who comes across him is just blown away. I've had the chance to speak to him a couple of times. Awesome dude. And yeah. everybody says so. And guess what? When I said it on the show the other day, if someone like Kevin Bieksa, who's tough as nails, uh, says that Felino is one of the toughest guys he ever played against, I go, you know who I want in the playoffs way more than Taylor Hall? Is <laughs> one of the guys who Kevin <laughs> Bieksa says is one of the toughest dudes he's ever played against. Like every well, single just, time. He checks so many boxes of what of course, they need, right? <clears throat> I know. Like veteran presence, sandpaper, Unreal. physicality. Like he he he's tough. Like he can chuck him if he has to, but he has the presence where like you know he's out there. You know, pedigree. Uh, and and like he can compliment any player just because not only does he play that way, but he's actually like no one's really talking about like he's got like pretty pretty nice hands. Like he can he can hang on to pucks and make plays and do all the toe drag and skill stuff. He still has that. Like he has that in his toolkit. So. You get you get like just a ton of boxes checked with with him coming not only into the dressing room but in your lineup as well uh, with where he can play what he can do the versatility and and obviously he's like a big he's like a big thick dude on the ice too like he's mm-hmm. he's a durable guy right so you have a guy like that that can you know is used to playing like decent minutes and his body's used to performing with the way he plays so it's I mean that's a that's a pretty big pickup for wants needs of the Leafs to get a guy like him for sure. I love it. I really love the move. And I love that Kyle Dubas has done this, that Kyle Dubas has become the GM who evolved his line of thinking. I will say quickly before you go, cause I want you to tell this story. I, I actually liked the Jeff Carter trade for Pittsburgh, but the reason yeah. why I liked it is because my brain will always be living in 2010, you know, like that's just where my brain lives. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to check in and my brain is like, what year is it? 2010, right? I'm like, no, man, it's crazy. You're not going to believe this. It's 2021. He's like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. We're old. We're old now. No, yeah. can't possibly be. Can't possibly be. I'm like, I know. I know. It's crazy. I'm telling you. It's the truth, though. And Jeff Carter is just one of those guys who I'm always going to love because, well, he was a great player i watched him in big moments and uh there was this rumor that he was gonna be a toronto maple leaf for caberlet and it's haunted me for basically my entire life the idea that they didn't do that deal but you you have a like i feel as though carter coming to pittsburgh was just a bit of a reminder for things lost for you that it was a bit of a stick it in your face well yeah it was out of his junior career which was really good like there's no doubt about what carter is as a player right and especially when he came in so we were playing i was in the minors at the time and our team in wilkesbury uh the penguins american league team was really good like i thought we were going to win the calder cup and we'd had a couple good seasons prior to that so i was like here we go this is our year and then they picked up richards and carter out of junior and they came in to the phantoms and absolutely 
dominated and like single-handedly those two guys especially yeah. and carter like like oh, beat yeah. us they yeah. beat us they elevated them to like a whole new level and like they like we're playing the phantoms we should beat these guys and it just changed completely so carter's here reminds me of that but um here in pittsburgh and i think they're going to play him at center tonight against the flyers you know battle of pennsylvania tonight so we'll see how he how he does in his first game but um yeah he's a big body guy too like you talk about what he could do obviously older but big body guy can still move and has that shot still still has that shot you know what the worst part is is about him getting the calder is it's just like he's got olympic golds and under 18s and under 20 no i know and he just wins and, yeah <laughs> he took just like, it's like cory perry like you yeah. talk about cory perry yeah. too he's just like a, he just wins right like seriously at least to sign him yeah, <laughs> I, did. I did. I wanted that. That was my whole offseason play. It was go get every one of the old guys that everyone says can't play. Yeah. And it's like you watch Habs games, and Corey Perry didn't start the year with them. And guess who's good on the Habs? Guess who Habs don't want yeah. to lose? Corey Perry, because he's just a winner. He's just that guy. He's just that dude. Uh, I got. We got to go, bud. But this was great as yep. always. We didn't even get into like five of the things we want to do. I'll send you some more voice notes later. Yeah, voice notes. That's so futuristic. That's yeah. awesome. I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you. All right, bud. I'll talk okay, to you later. Colby yeah, Armstrong. All right. See you, buddy. Uh, former NHL forward, uh, front of the show, all around great guy, Sportsnet hockey analyst.